so we're going to read from Joshua chapter 1, and then we're going to think about what this might be saying to us as a church at this time. So Joshua chapter 1, I'd love you to follow along with me um, as I read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give, give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they commanded Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and whatever you send, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen. So the Israelites are at a point of uncertainty with an unknown future ahead of them, but an incredible history behind them. They have been freed from slavery and oppression from their captors in Egypt. They've known protection from plagues and guidance by pillars of fire. They have seen God part the Red Sea and rescue them from their enemies. They have experienced his presence and heard his voice. They have enjoyed his provision of manna in the desert. As the song says, they have known him as a father and known him as a friend and they could sing of the goodness of God. So what on earth could be better for them in the future than that? The words of God in Joshua chapter one are instructions to lead God's people forward into an unknown land with clarity and with purpose. 
And they now stand on the edge of being led into a new land to discover a new territory that has long been promised, much sought after, and one that they could call their own. And even with such an incredible history, greater things were still to come for God's people. This chapter paints an incredible picture of the whole nation of Israel standing on the edge of what was to come in the promised land. They were so close to the kingdom that they had been promised. And God begins by giving them instructions for Joshua to pass on to his people. And this is the response of the people to all these instructions. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. In other words, they were all in. They were all in. Whatever God was calling them, they said, we're in and we will follow, we will go, we will do. So how was God leading them? Three phrases this morning. Um, there's clear links, you'll see it. He was leading them deeper. And getting his people ready, God didn't just hand out instructions for the battle. He was actually giving them instructions for daily life once they reached the promised land. And some of these instructions are in verses seven to nine. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always in your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. With an unknown future ahead of them, God told them, I will be with you. He encouraged them to be strong and courageous, but he encouraged them to go deeper. You see, God was leading them deeper. And for us, deeper discipleship isn't just about a one-time decision that we've made to follow Jesus. It's actually about allowing him to shape and to guide our life and our faith and our church throughout our every day. Going deeper here is about having a hunger for God's word. It's about being obedient to the voice of God. It's about having courage in the face of opposition. It's about prioritizing the presence of God. For me, the image of an iceberg is a helpful one where the strength of an iceberg isn't actually found in what's above the surface, but on what's below the surface. And we've sensed that the last a period or season of the life of our church has been about growing wider as a church and we do not want to lose that. But we also sense the need to help people grow deep and depth as disciples. A disciple is simply a learner, someone who wears their L plates with pride, someone who is learning to follow the works and the ways and the will of Jesus. And none of us in this church here have arrived. All of us need this. None of us have arrived. We all have more to learn. And so that means that every one of us can go deeper as disciples. As a church, we want to invest in what is below the surface. To realize that our private devotion is just as important as our public cries. So how can we invest in what's beneath the surface? We want to grow and we want to, sorry, we see discipleship communities as a key vehicle for this in the life of our church. 
These are open groups that are accessible to everyone, that meet regularly to study the Bible, discuss the content of sermons, pray together and support one another and share our lives together. We want to grow the number of these discipleship communities in our church and see more people participate in them. To help with that, we will seek to identify new leaders and develop new groups at different times. We also see organizations and ministries as all contributing towards this theme. Of course, there's some organizations that are brilliant and they specialize in reaching disciples. There's some organizations and ministries that focus on growing disciples and there's some that focus on on making disciples. There's a whole range of organizations, but we wanna see each organization and ministry, whichever they, they fall into, contribute to this goal. And we want to develop the praying life of our church too, to recapture a focus on prayer, both in the personal and also the public, to invest in what's below the surface. In many ways, if I'm honest, we're saying that discipleship comes before service. This is about equipping people to follow Jesus in the here and now, but also build foundations of their faith that's going to last a lifetime. Building in rock and not sand. And it was one of our team members, it was Sam Bailey actually, within a team meeting one night said this. He said, we don't really want to be a church with a thousand members. We want to be a church with a thousand disciples. Do you see the difference? You see, a member of a club expects benefits and perks along the way, but membership in the church isn't about that. We want members to be disciples who make disciples. We want to invest in what's below the surface. But also we want to see, we want to bring you closer. Unity is vital. And did you catch that in the passage? Did you see how everyone was together in the mission? There were Reubenites and Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh. There was different tribes all pitching in together. The whole families mentioned, men and, and wives and children and even livestock. Everyone gets included. And they're told to get your provisions ready and to prepare the whole camp because it wasn't about one or two individuals. It wasn't about Joshua just doing his bit. It was about the whole camp getting ready what they had. And this is a common theme for the Israelites through the Old Testament as they are constantly together in what they experience, the ups and downs of being the people of God. In recent years, there's been a widespread advertising campaign aimed to tackle congestion and to promote public transport and and to get more cars off the road. And it's centered around this one phrase, you are not stuck in traffic, you are traffic. And apparently that's meant to cheer you up whenever you're stuck in the M2 traffic trying to get into Belfast. But I think what it is, as you see that billboard, is to remind you that actually the thing that you're probably complaining about in that moment, you are contributing to. The very thing you're complaining about is something that you're contributing to. In the same way, you are not in church this morning. You are the church. You are the church. Church isn't something that we attend. Church is something that we are. 
And so with that in mind, this strategy won't be achieved by a few people organizing lots and lots of things. This strategy isn't reliant on the few, but the many, at the risk of sounding like a political, party political broadcast or uh, election slogan. In some ways, as we chatted, we were tempted to go big and go bold, but actually we really thought this, was, this strategy was about including everyone to say that everyone matters, to say that every individual in this church should be on a pathway of discipleship, have a place to serve, and a passion to share Jesus with those around them. You know, if we want to be a caring church, how's that going to happen? Is it by a few people organizing some things and doing some things? Or is it by everyone playing their part to care for those around them? If we want to raise the next generation, then Is it just down to the Sunday school teachers and leaders and the youth leaders to do that? Or does it start in the home and how faith is modeled and will it actually involve everyone no matter what your age or generation because it takes a village to raise a child? If we want to reach people from outside this church, is it just about relying on Alpha to do that for us? Or might it involve us actually sharing our faith with people in our daily lives? Ephesians chapter four tells us, and this is a passage that we studied for seven weeks last autumn. It tells us that Christ gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? Why did he give them to the church? It was to equip God's people for works of service. Do you catch that? If you're one of God's people, you have works of service, but also the job of the leaders in the church isn't to do all the ministry. The job of the leaders in the church is to equip everyone else, everyone to do ministry. I once heard a sign, heard of a sign outside a church. You know the signs that display kind of key information about a church uh, and it maybe says, you know, service times and website and staff names and things like that. I once heard of a church that had a sign outside their building that said, minister, all members. And I loved that because it was declaring that the job of ministry isn't just for those who stand at the front or take a lead but the responsibility of ministry goes beyond any one individual. Of course, some people in this church are called to lead and we're thankful for them, but all people are called to minister. So if I could be cheeky, who's the minister of this church? What's the answer? All of us. Now, John, don't panic. You're not all gonna move into the manse next week, but all of us are called to participate in the mission of God. That might not involve preaching, but it should involve participation in the mission of God. I think for some of us, it might mean walking across a church or a room to say hello to someone that we don't know very well. I think it might mean stopping someone to say, how can I pray for you this week? I think it might mean sometimes singing out really loudly because there might be someone doubting the words who sits beside us. Maybe for some of us, it might be smiling more or giving more or serving more. I don't know, or praying more. I don't know what it is but we're all called to participate in the message of God, in the ministry of God. And J.D. Greer writes this, God allows various members of his body to see and experience different dimensions of his beauty. And as we share these things with others in the body, we all end up with a fuller picture of Jesus than any one of us could have obtained alone. That quote's from a Michael Wiley sermon from about a couple of years ago. And that quote has stuck with me ever since. We obtain a clearer vision of Jesus by being together 
by being closer as family. It goes beyond what happens on a platform. It involves us all. We need each other. You are not in church. You are the church, silently and selflessly serving one another as we go about our everyday lives. That's our heart. That's our hope. And so there are threads in this strategy. And one of the threads is about everyone. The thread that it's not about what the church is going to do, but what the church is going to do. The thread that we want everyone to be on a journey of discipleship. The thread that everyone is a part to play in building the community of the church. The thread that we want everyone to find a way to serve in the church in the next five years. The thread that we want parents to see themselves as disciple makers, the primary disciple makers of their kids, and partner with youth and children's leaders in that. You are not in church. You are the church. And lastly, God, God was sending these people wider wider than they'd ever been before. He said to them, I will give you every place where you set your foot and your territory will extend. God would lead them beyond their boundaries. It would involve them going wider, but it would require courage. And so too for us. We want to reach wide in witness every place where our feet go as a church, but also in our everyday lives. Wherever our feet are placed, we want to ask God that our territory would extend, not to build our kingdom, but build his kingdom. And so we want to reach wide and witness in ways that are both organized and organic. What do I mean by that? In some ways, we will organize some parts of mission as a church and call you to engage in it and support it. We want to develop the work of our compassion ministry to reach wider in the next five years. We want to aim to see 500 people to go, uh, go through Alpha in the next five years. We want to commit to running at least two exceptional and special events each year that will invite and welcome our whole community. We want to develop our work in Ballyduff and continue to resource our church in Belfast. We want to grow our global mindset by sending more short-term teams and support additional mission projects. So we will commit to organizing some opportunities for you to invite others and support mission. But we also want to see mission happen in organic ways too, through the lives of ordinary believers like you and me. God told the Israelites that he would give them every place that they would set their feet. So where do you set your feet? Where do you set your feet every day? And how could we equip you and empower you to share your faith wherever you are? Alan Scott writes this. He said, much of modern discipleship has focused on making believers strong enough to survive the culture instead of being bold enough to transform the culture. As a church, we don't want to just equip you to kind of hold on to your faith in case you might lose it. We actually want to equip and empower you to share your faith, to not just survive, but thrive wherever you are. A few years ago, I came across this graphic that I think describes this. This image is perhaps how some of us view the church. The red dots huddled together in the corner of a world that seems increasingly to be full of gray. And maybe we used to be larger than we now are, and, and maybe we're huddled together in the corner, and it feels like we've retreated back, and, and we're trying desperately to hold on to our light in a world that's full of gray. That's our way to view the church. It's not a wrong way. It's just our way. 
but this is another way. The same number of red dots, but this time scattered among the gray. In some ways, the first image is a picture of us this morning, but where will Carnmoney Church be tomorrow? If I was to ask you, where's Carnmoney Carnmoney Church, what might you answer? You might say BT36, or you might say the top of Carnmoney Hill. Whatever it is, I don't know what you might answer. But where's Carnmoney Church tomorrow? We'll be in offices and homes. We'll be in shops and neighborhoods. We'll be in sports teams and community centers. The church, this church tomorrow might be walking beside a confused teenager or teaching a, a lonely child. This church tomorrow might be helping to feed a homeless man or caring for a broken woman. Suddenly, mission seems more possible, doesn't it? As red dots scattered among the gray in our community, there is no such thing as I'm just in the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as I'm just in the kingdom of God. He wants to use us all to reach wider, but we need everyone to play. Not spectators critiquing or consuming from the sidelines, but everyone involved so that we can go wider. So essentially, we are calling you to be all in. And we are committing to try to help you to grow deeper as disciples to grow closer as family together and to reach wider in witness. Last week, John began the process by helpfully addressing why we need strategy. I've tried to share some of the headlines, at least, of the what of our strategy. And our vision is to be a healthy church with a growing influence who are all in to going deeper as disciples, closer as family and wider in witness. And in some ways, this is what we want to see in terms of a headline. It's okay, we'll get to the how. We'll get to the how, and next week we're gonna, uh, Michael is gonna share around some of the key values. We've picked nine key values that we've identified that we want to see embedded across the life of this church. And we'll get to the structure of the eight ministry areas that we want to establish to get more involvement from the life uh, of the congregation and some strategic goals we have for each of those areas but that's to come and you'll get a nice shiny book in your hand in two weeks time to help um, you read and digest all of this. But for now, we just want you to reflect on how you could be all in. Not even at this point, just all in the church, but actually how could you be all in in the kingdom of God as deeper disciples, as close family and wider in witness as well. Joanne and Leanne are gonna come in a moment and they're gonna share just a, kind of spoken word piece that helps to summarize some of what we're saying. And then our offering will be taken um, and the band will sing a song kind of over us as a church, as a prayer. And maybe just during that time, during both of these moments, you might want to consider what this looks like for you. How could you grow deeper as a disciple? What does it look like for you to grow closer as family? And how could you reach wider in witness? And then at the very end of our service, we'll be joined by a few extra people who will be among us to help symbolize how we are all in as a family. So jo Joanne and Leanne, come on ahead and lead us. And then your offering will be received after this. <laughs>